0: Previously on the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. And last night, the third guy really was Rajon Rondo. Deshaun Watson is ten times better than any of those
1: guys. The Texans are the best team in the AFC South. The Cleveland Browns, <laughs> with, whatever that man like to do in his that room is his business, right? <laughs> hey, as long as you catching the ball, I don't give a shit
0: <laughs> It's easy to be humble around a guy like Alex because I talk about my tens of thousands of listeners. This dude saves lives. Does COVID have an effect on your cardiac health?
1: Oh, for sure. And we know that COVID affects the heart in a number of ways. I'm always going to err on safety. It is
2: only a game.
3: We believe in change and we're prepared for it with new techniques and new approaches. And as for our part, we feel that you're the best pieces of manpower available in this whole region.
1: Let it go out there today, baby. Three, two. Wow. And once again, wow. our mighty ship is back on course.
0: Welcome to the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. Oh! Mama, there goes that man. You roll oh! Ladies and gentlemen,
3: Start star of our show.
0: Welcome, welcome, welcome to another edition of the Sports Talk with Devin Wade Podcast. So glad that you're back. And if this is your first time, welcome aboard. We hope you like it. It's going to be a packed show. Just a ton of good stuff for you. A couple of great conversations and a number of our features. And I'll give you a rundown of everything in just a second. But first, I want to remind you guys, you can go to the wagewordproductions.com website. That's Wade's Word Productions, all one word. Go to the website peruse it look around get to know me get to know us get to know what we do and of course go back and listen to past episodes and subscribe to the email list so all of those things are available there now if you want to be heard because i want to hear from you guys you can always call us 24 hours a day on the sports line leave a message and you could be a part of this podcast so you say to yourself i have a question about the lakers or i have a criticism about the dallas cowboys or man i have to tell you about the houston rockets you can do all of that eight three two nine four one six six one four that's eight three two nine four one six six one four and finally you can check us out on social media at wade's word on twitter and on the sports talk with devin wade page and group on facebook so you got all of that that's a lot to take in if you need to rewind just go back a little bit listen to it again get your pen or Put it in your phone, however you do it, whatever your process is. But let me give you a rundown. This time out, we have a number of our usual features. We have some headlines coming your way. And then we have a why we kneel. Look at some of the reasons why some folks taking a knee why Colin Kaepernick was inspired and why we have all been inspired to look towards change and improving and fighting against racial injustice and police brutality. So that's the why we kneel segment that's coming up. Then we're going to have a conversation with Jim Trotter, From the NFL Network, very insightful, very informative, just a respectable guy in the industry, and I am so glad that he joined us this time out. And uh, you'll see why when you hear the conversation. After that, we will hear from our resident DJ, DJ Anarchy on the mix, and I'll tell you how you can have your music heard on the podcast, and then we will hear from former NFL linebacker, our European sports nerd Eddie Robinson, former Tennessee Titan, Houston Oilers, Jacksonville Jaguar, and Buffalo Bill. Eleven years in the league, and he wants to talk about the two of the fronts. Just, just our guy. Again, he's a part of the special teams unit. We just accept him as he is, and we'll give you our NFL predictions in that conversation. Also, we will have Olemon Award for the big dummy of the episode and we will hear from you guys in the we the people segment so all of that is coming up and before i let go so strap in get your popcorn ready it's gonna be a great show let's start with some headlines in headlines the year 2020 just keeps on giving doesn't it not only covid and all the loss suffered in the world of sports it did something special, or we thought, for the first time ever in the city of Houston. And while we talk about everything in the world of sports, uh, sometimes we have to do it for the H. Well, the H had a, a special day as all three franchises were in action on the same day for the first time. Because of the postponements and being in the bubble and all of that stuff, for the first time the Astros, Rockets, and Texans play on the same day. And I tell you what, they could have—they uh, could have spread that. I guess. Do you want all your misery at once, or do you want it spread out? But it's a tough day here in the city of Houston as the Astros go down again. Injuries just continue to haunt that team, and let's see if they can make a run for the playoffs since they're letting damn near everybody in (laughs) but in addition to that the houston rockets rockets get they in the western conference semis they just were flat how do you come out flat you're down two to one you're in the bubble it's not like you're on the road you i mean it's a road game for everybody how do you come out that flat they get blown out of the water james harden this is what i have come to the conclusion i've come to the conclusion that he does not have another gear he is what he is, which is the most prolific scorer in, in basketball. He's just—I mean—he can score any, any way, any time. The only thing that could stop him are the playoffs, and he just—he ha- was horrible, and he just couldn't flip that switch. And uh, of course, they were double-teaming, they were trapping him, getting the ball out of his hands. Just not a lot there. Rockets really, uh, from an effort standpoint, I didn't think looked very good. And uh, it's gonna be—it's gonna be rough. Uh, and I think the dead team walking. Mike D'Antoni is already going to Indiana. He has Jim Neighbors singing to him. That's a uh, that's the Indianapolis 500 reference that m- most of you won't get. But nonetheless, uh, he's out of there. I think, and we have to start thinking. Not we, they have to start thinking as a franchise. What is the future with those big money contracts of Westbrook and Harden? What are you gonna do? What What are you how, how are you gonna fix this? Uh, what, I don't know. Still another game to play, they're down three one and they play tonight. So we'll have to see what happens. Heard a lot from you guys here in the city of Houston on the local sports show. And uh yeah, just it's just it's growing into apathy. When people are mad, that's good. But when they stop caring, and it's getting to that point. It's getting to that and it's getting close. Especially when it comes to uh, the Texans and the Rockets. I mean, people are just like they feel helpless. I mean, they feel like it's like that every year for the Rockets and the Texans. So, I tell you what, it is going to be a, a tough, tough end to the season. Maybe they'll show some fight tonight. I, I'm not feeling it. I think that they're ready to go. Daniel House, we won't even delve. Well, we can. Maybe a Lamont Award recipient. I don't know. I don't. Know. I, maybe too soon. We'll we'll have to see about that one. But uh, the Houston Texans go on the road to Kansas City. And they lost. And they were disappointing from the national anthem. Now, I'll say this. The Texans opted to not come out for the national anthem. It didn't make sense to me. Come out make a statement one way or the other. And if you're not on the same page, you you may not be on the same page. These guys have various interests, various political views, all of that. Everybody may not be on the same page. It's a lot easier in an NBA locker room than in an NFL locker room. It's it's totally different. So many more people are involved. And so the leadership is not as dominant as the one or two voices in basketball. So I I can understand them not having one – specific way they wanted to address this but to just cop out and say oh we'll just hang out in the locker room i didn't think that that was cool i thought that the kansas city fans were just it was horrible the booing and maybe it's just it's a wake-up call to me in a sense i just with all of the love from around the country that the nba the wnba has gotten the MLS uh, you look at Naomi Osaka in tennis all of the love and support for the black lives matter movement you would think that okay yeah all right now the NFL has an opportunity the fans have an opportunity to say yeah we're with you guys and we found out quick that we are not with you guys and it was for me not not the, okay I understand the politics of where they were I get it. It's a flyover state, which uh, that's insulting, and that's not fair. But, yeah, that night in that stadium, it was a flyover state. And, uh, no, they booed. And it was – it'll be interesting to see what happens moving forward. I think only Kansas City and Jacksonville will have fans in the stands, so we may not have another scene like that. But maybe uh, Jacksonville fans are saying, hey, hold my beer. It's kind of NASCAR country, so we'll have to see. Uh, But, again, the Texans got pushed around on the the defensive front, and they got ran on much easier than I thought. And that doesn't bode well for this division with Marlon Mack and Derrick Henry. So they better sure up some things quick. You don't know how much to attribute to no preseason. or is this life? Because, again, the Kansas City Chiefs had success running. The Super Bowl champs, they had success running. But they were not a run first team, and I think Mahomes only had a 211 yards passing, so it wasn't like he was doing his thing, and you still got run over by a rookie running back. Uh, so they have some problems, and they had problems finding a, a number one receiver out of that bunch. You got a bunch of number threes, got a bunch of maybe maybe twos, maybe two bs. but no no number one he's in Arizona so uh, with that those are some of the things uh, Serena lost because I mean that was a bad day because not only did the Rockets play horrible and and they made the run Austin Rivers they made the run at the end but then the Astros lose and the Texans were just they didn't let me down I didn't have high expectations but it just wasn't a great effort in that game in that opener and uh, it just and, and then Serena loses Serena had a chance to break early in the second set. Would have really put Azarenka on her heels. It would have been done. She failed to break her, and then Azarenka got hot, ran off some games, blew her out, and ended up winning in the U.S. Open semifinal. So Naomi Osaka plays this afternoon, and that should be a very exciting match. She takes on Mommy, Victoria Azarenka. So, again, it could be the first mother to ever win a major I think that's right that's right right the first mother to win a major if this happens and this goes down with that it's time for a segment that we call why we kneel our special teams unit member kalina she came up with the concept and the idea the first time colin kaepernick uh, was taking a knee and t- as a way to recognize And shed light on the things that he was trying to shed light on. And now we resurrected that. We're going to be running these throughout the NFL season. Why we take a knee. And then, of course, we'll have a conversation with Jim Trotter of the NFL Network. Here is Why We Kneel. Feeling the chilling right. moments
4: that led would, to a I
0: police
4: look.
3: officer no. shooting no. No. me. All need is to bring Please, awareness officer, and make people Colin Kaepernick kneeling to protest social him, injustice and police, yet unsigned
0: by any NFL
1: team. fired.
2: fired!
0: Why we kneel
2: on August 11th, 2014, in Los Angeles, California, Zell Ford was stopped by officers Charlton Wampler and Antonio Villegas for an investigative stop. The officers claimed they suspected Ford may have been armed because of the area's gang activity. They claimed to have seen Ford conceal his hands when they attempted to stop him, and that he crouched between a car and some bushes, leading them to believe Ford was trying to dispose of drugs. Wampler and Villegas claimed Ford began a physical altercation with the officers and attempted to remove one of their guns from the holster. Ford fell on one of the officers, and the other shot Ford in the arm and side. Still resisting, Officer Wampler shot Ford in the back. He was then handcuffed. Alternative witnesses dispute these claims, stating Ford's arms were raised, was instead tackled to the ground by the officers, and shot three times. Ford was taken to the hospital, underwent surgery, and was pronounced dead. The entire altercation took 13 seconds. In June of 2015, the Board of Police Commissioners found officers Wampler and Viegas justified in the shooting but not justified in initial suspicion or tactics. Ford's family filed a wrongful death lawsuit against the LAPD in March 2015 and settled for $1.5 million. Officers Wampler and Viegas did not face criminal charges in connection with the shootings. Azelle was the oldest of seven children often kept to himself and was diagnosed with several mental health disorders. He was 25 years old, and he is why we kneel.
0: Devin Wade podcast that is our resident DJ DJ anarchy on the mix but if you have music you want heard by all the folks who listen to this podcast just uh, hit us up music at com. the genre doesn't matter we'll put a snippet at the halfway point and then we'll play an entire track an extended portion of a mix at the end of the program so if it's bluegrass classical jazz we've had latin jazz we've had a variety of music we need some polka I mean, if you are so inclined to send it, we'll take it. We're going to shift gears here and get into our conversation with Jim Trotter of the NFL Network. And I'll tell you what, it's good to know good people. And I'm talking about, and if you're in the city of Houston or New York or San Diego or Los Angeles, you may be familiar with the name or watch the talk on television you may be familiar with the name shelly wade well shelly wade is a wonderful friend of mine and i have been conversing with her over the past a couple times a few times over the last few months it's been great to catch up with her and uh, really she is a just an inspiration just how she handles things just the way she moves i appreciate the way she does her thing but we were conversing and she said you know what you need to talk to jim trotter and he's a hbcu guy went to howard and sure enough uh, we connected and uh just a, a wonderful conversation very insightful you can see him all over the place you can buy his book on junior say on amazon.com and he has a brand new podcast huddle and flow with fellow howard bison and also from the nfl network steve white and both of those guys just really nice guys some folks in houston may remember a few years back uh, steve uh, appeared on ktsu sports talk a couple of times and he's always been really really nice both of those guys good good guys and shelly thought that jim and i would have a great conversation and in fact we did here's our conversation with mr jim trotter of the nfl network and the huddle and flow podcast how are you this afternoon in sunny california
1: i'm doing well man just uh, like everybody else trying to get through it day by day with this pandemic but all things considered i'm blessed
0: Well, I'm sure you you are uh, have a very full schedule as it stands, and now you have a brand new podcast, Huddle and Flow. You just made your debut. It sounded great. Uh, How are you enjoying uh, coming into the world of podcasting?
1: Uh, It's uh, it's different. Um, You know, the good thing is that I have a great partner to work with, and Steve Weish, who um, you know, we both went to Howard University, and now working together at NFL Network. So. Um, he's so talented and smart that it really makes it easy on me.
0: Well, I heard you guys in your Howard conversation and I'll tell you meeting someone from Howard is like meeting somebody from Philadelphia. You're not going to talk to them more than five minutes without knowing that they're from Philly or they went to Howard. Those you guys are similar
1: in that way. (laughs) You know, no, that's true. But I, I always say this. So when people say that, they say Howard folks are insufferable with talking about their school. And I always say, shouldn't everybody feel like that about where they went to school? Ideally, that's what you want, that you loved your experience so much that you would want to do it again 40 years later like me. So, like I say, I think everybody should feel that way about their their university.
0: I agree with you. And we hear enough of it from Ohio State fans and a and f- mm-hmm. I mean, from, from all exactly. of us. So, And, and I, I think it's great because it promotes the HBCU experience. Now, that being said, I know this is your season if you went to Howard. I mean, McCour Maker, you have the Bezos money, you have Kamala Harris. I've met a couple of folks from Harvard, and I always ask, what is your Obama story? So you went to Howard, what is your Kamala Harris story? Is
1: there one? Uh I'll tell you this, we actually graduated the same year from Howard. And who knows if we crossed paths. She was I believe she was in the school business. I might be wrong. I was in the school of communication. And um but yeah, no, we graduated the same year. She pledged a sorority that my wife pledged. My wife didn't attend Howard though. Um so I don't have a story other than just I'm extremely proud of her, like most other bison alum and um, looking for great things
0: well like i said it's exciting and it helps all of hbcus with the growth of the swag the swag is growing some good things are happening there making them a higher profile hbcu conference and now we have young student athletes considering and with all that's going on socially considering hbcus what do you think about high school athletes considering and really higher profile student athletes considering hbcus
1: no, I think it's amazing, and I, I think um, I think it's powerful, and I think it speaks to, you know, I, so many times young people get criticized for, you know, being lazy or apathetic or this or that, and what I'm seeing today from young folks is that they're so aware and they're engaged, whether that's the political process or whether it's someone like Maker saying, you know what, I don't need to go to one of these PWIs to, to be recognized. Um, I want the full experience for however long I am in college and choosing an HBCU. So I think it's tremendous. I hope that more follow his lead and start bringing some of that revenue back to the HBCUs as opposed to the PWIs.
0: Yeah, and we're looking forward to uh, to it, too, because a couple of high-profile guys are considering Texas Southern down this way. So that's a good thing. I want to shift gears and ask you about some NFL stuff. Obviously, Obviously, that's your wheelhouse. Now, you're a storyteller. You've, you've profiled a number of folks. You've, you're a writer at heart. What is your narrative going into the 2020 season?
1: Oh, Everything is about COVID-19 and how it's going to impact the season. And look, we already know there was no off season. There was no, uh, in terms of on-field work or in-person contact with coaches. You know, there's no preseason. So how is it going to play out now? Look, we didn't have many um, positive tests during training camp. The players were very disciplined. The NFL and the NFL PA and the medical staffs did a tremendous job, but now clubs are going to start to travel. And, you know, that's another issue that they have to deal with as it relates to this pandemic. So for us, I think that that's what we're watching first and foremost is the impact that it has on the season.
0: One of the things I wondered about, maybe you can uh, sort of give us some insight on, is with universities, they've not been the most forthcoming with full disclosure about number of positive tests. And I've wondered, is it too good to be true that the NFL hadn't had more positive tests or are we getting a full picture?
1: Um, I think you're getting a full picture. This is Remember that the Players Association is also involved very closely in this, so um, it's not just you know, the NFL and potentially trying to, to um, manipulate the numbers. I think it just reflects that the coaches, the players, the staffs have all taken this very seriously, unlike, you know, what we've seen in some other places. So uh, I, I say kudos to them. I applaud them because I was one of those people who was really skeptical about whether or not this was going to work. And because everyone is taking it seriously, it has worked to this point. And, you know, my fingers are crossed that it, it, it continues to to be okay.
0: With that, along those lines, what are your odds? I mean, I know you're not a bookmaker, but what are the odds that they come through unscathed? Or are they prepared for disruptions?
1: You know, I don't know what the odds are if they come through unscathed. I, I do know that they've tried to prepare for every scenario. Um, and that's what any good business does. You know, you you plan for the worst and hope for the best. And I think the NFL has done that. Now they don't share all those details with me. That's far above my pay grade. But um, I do believe that they have prepared for a worst-case scenario, and and that could mean, you know, possibly missing some games if there were to be an outbreak. But again, they've been everyone has been so committed and so dedicated to following the medical guidelines, etc. That that we have not had that.
0: I want to ask you about the other huge thing going into the season. And that's the fight for uh, or against racial injustice and social uh, sort of a social outcry against police brutality. A thing started, obviously, by Colin Kaepernick in the NFL a few years back. How do you think the NFL will navigate that? Because for the most part, they the schedule sort of fell in line for them to not have to deal directly with that unrest until this point. How do you think the NFL is going to deal with that?
1: Well, I think what we've seen is that the NFL has tried to say we made a mistake when we tried to silence players after Colin Kaepernick first took a knee. And there are some who are still skeptical of of what's being done now. I mean, when they talk about putting the names of social justice victims on the back of helmets, when they talk about putting slogans on the field, when they talk about doing PSAs or playing the Black National Anthem, some would say, man, that's going too hard in the other direction when just a year ago you told us you were moving on from this issue. But I think I'm not here to question the sincerity at this point. I'm just here to say, at least for the moment, it looks like the NFL is trying to get on the right side of history, to hear the voices of its players, and to say that, that their concerns are the league's concern. And I think that that's critical. Otherwise, I think we could see a disruption in play.
0: You think that's a possibility? Because here's my question, uh, around it. With the NBA, you had such strong voices with LeBron and Chris Paul and those guys. Who's kind of that voice that could lead that movement in one direction or another? Who's that one or two guys around the NFL that carry that much clout?
1: Oh, it, it always starts with the quarterbacks. So, for instance, I, I recently wrote a story this week about whether or not players would boycott a game. And, um, and I talked to Kevin Byard, the safety from the Titans, and he didn't believe that that was going to happen and whatnot, but he gave me one warning, one word of caution. He said, if, for instance, prior to last night's game, Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes got together and said, you know what, we're going to sit out this game. He said, then other guys would likely follow them, follow their lead. And that could happen. So, Again, I say that to say I don't believe that any of this is going to happen at this point because I think the owners have been more receptive and more responsive to the concerns of the players about social justice. But if you had high-profile black players, and, in particular quarterbacks, who decide that this is too important at this time, that missing a game would somehow create change faster, then I think you could see it happen
0: I want to ask you about last night's game. The organization wasn't there between the Chiefs and the Texans. And then there was maybe some pushback. There's several ways to look at the booing. I wasn't sure how to take that or how to accept that. I didn't know if it was directly related to the protest itself or because the Texans didn't come out for the anthem. What's your take on what happened last night?
1: Oh, I think the booing was shameful. Um, the reason doesn't matter. I mean, look. If you, it, 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 first of all, you have to understand where the game is being played. It's being played in America's heartland, and so um, the response to any sort of social demonstration is going to be different from what you would see, say, in California or maybe Seattle or someplace else. So I thought it was, I thought it was shameful that they would boo players coming together to try and show unity uh, for what they're doing. If they're booing the Texans for not coming out during the anthem then to me that says we really haven't made any progress because you're not focusing on what these players are demonstrating about and you are more concerned about being entertained than you are recognizing and dealing with the issues that these players are trying to to change. And so, again, I just thought it was terrible. I thought it was a terrible reflection on the fans in Kansas City, and hopefully we won't see that elsewhere.
0: And when it comes to ownership, it seems like most are sort of – Taking a step back, and some are embracing the movement a little bit more than others here in Houston. Cal McNair—they've been really outspoken in their support, and I, you know, ultimately, we'll see what that looks like moving forward as this thing continues. Uh, what is your take on the owners being all in with their players?
1: But see, I think that's the key. What you said—we'll look, like, we'll see what it looks like as they go forward. That's what's critical here. Players are tired of statements being issued. Players are tired of donations being made. Players want to see action, real action, and action um, particularly as it relates on the legislative level. So Cal McNair, I think, just like any other owner, is going to have to show what he is doing to make real change, the actions that he is taking, not his words, but his actions. And that's what we heard in that Dolphins video last night. They said, we're not here for the fluff You know, we're not here for, you know, all of the pomp and circumstance, so to speak. We want to make real change. We want to get to work. So what are you doing to make real change? And that's a question I think that owners are going to have to answer going forward with their players.
0: Yeah, it'll be interesting, uh, to say the least. I want to shift gears a little bit and ask you about on the field. Obviously, COVID and the the fight for social against social injustice have been the main storylines. And uh, what would have been uh, the big storyline of Brady leaving New England, the Chiefs can they repeat, and a few other main headlines? Uh, what's your ma- on the field? What are your main sort of storylines going into 2020?
1: Oh, I th- the same ones that that everyone talks about. You know, people focus on can the Chiefs repeat. Well, if you're asking me, I say they won't, and the reason I say that is history. The last time we had a repeat champion was 0304 with the Patriots. So. So Kansas City is not only battling opponents on Sunday, it's battling history, and I like history's odds. Um, the other things you focus on, as you say, Brady down in Tampa. New England without Brady and now having Cam there, how is that going to work? Another thing I look at are, are sleeper teams that are coming up. I think Arizona is much improved. I think Pittsburgh has a real chance to go far this year, if not win at all, with Ben Roethlisberger coming back after last year nearly making the playoffs despite Ben only playing six quarters. So um, it's things like that. How is How, how are the Rams going to look without Gurley? How are the Falcons going to look with Gurley? Uh, there are just so many, so many storylines. Dallas is always a storyline. With the changes that it made, will that lead to um, finally a run to the Super Bowl? It, it's just, that's the NFL. With every team, you have a storyline, and they're all interesting to me at least. So I sit back and kind of pick one each week and then just kind of go from there.
0: A couple of things, I think Leonard Fournette will make a huge difference in Tampa, and I'll say this because they can't stack the box. People weren't scared of Gardner Minshew or, and, to a certain extent, Blake Bortles prior to him. I think with Brady and Godwin and Evans and and those tight ends in Tampa, I think he'll have some certain uh, running lanes. So I think he'll have a bigger impact than people, people think. And I also think Jamal Adams in Seattle, I think he'll have a huge impact on that Seattle defense in ways that uh, are going to be special, I
1: think, in, in a
0: very tough division.
1: Well, I tell you what, he, he better because right now they don't have that pass rush, and it's got to come from somewhere, so they're going to have to scheme it up. So it'll be interesting to see how that how that works up there. But the one thing we do know, Russell Wilson has never had a losing season since he's been the starting quarterback in Seattle. So regardless of how they look on paper or anywhere else, you have to believe they're going to be right there at the end.
0: I want to ask you one or two more things and before we let you get out of here. You wrote a biography on Junior Seau. I mean, that had to be a very difficult thing for you to do. And my understanding is that you were handpicked by the family to do that. Talk a little bit about that process in that book and just your thoughts about Junior Seau and telling that story.
1: Uh, it's funny you mention that because there's a frame jersey of his, in my office right now that I'm looking at. It was um it was actually a game worn jersey when he got traded from San Diego to Miami and that year uh they were Miami ended up playing San Diego and um, he ended up giving me a jersey, signing a jersey that uh from that game. So look, Junior was special to me. I, and I always say this, I'm in the position I'm in because of him. He was the guy that taught me how to cover a professional locker room. From day one, without even knowing me, just offered to, you know, in his own way, take me under his wing and help me understand the culture of an NFL locker room. He wasn't a guy who gave me scoops about what was happening in the locker room or that sort of thing, because he was always so positive. He always protected the team. But in terms of understanding a player's mindset or why certain things are done or why they're not done, all of those sorts of things, he was he was invaluable to me, and so. You know, we developed a friendship over the years, and and when he passed, his um, the people closest to him said if anyone was going to write a book on him, that they, they thought that he would want it to be me. And so, because um, I had been approached by a couple of publishers about writing a book, and initially I said no, and when the family said he would have wanted it to be, be me, then I said okay, and I went ahead and I did it. So um, he was just a he was a tremendous human being. He made everybody feel special regardless of if he was meeting you for the hundredth time or the first time, he's that guy that had that kind of personality. And, um, he's missed.
0: Did you see any of that decline, the cognitive decline or emotional stuff Were you privy to any of that?
1: No, because that's the thing. I didn't hang out with junior away from really work or one of his charity events. So I didn't see all of the things that I wrote about that was going on because it just, that, that was not our relationship. So, no, I didn't know it, and and in in researching the book and whatnot, some of it was was tough, because anyone who knew him, as they said in my research for the book, would have done anything to help him, but he wasn't that kind of guy who asked for help. But, um, no, I did not see it
0: a couple more things and I thought about this because you were in San Diego based with no fans in the stands I presume in California no, stand, no fans in the stands right at, at all in the state of California right. wouldn't it right. be great for the Los Angeles Chargers to play in San Diego I mean hey uh, how how ugly is that break? Because we went through it here in Houston. How how's that break between uh, San Diego and, Los, and the uh, Chargers? Is it still an uh, open wound, or have folks gotten over that?
1: Uh, it will always be an open wound for Chargers fans who are in San Diego. So no, you don't. I don't know that you ever get over it. Um, and the likelihood of them playing a game here again will is zero. Um, <laughs> so. It's just, it's unfortunate because I believe that the Chargers belong in San Diego, but unfortunately, business and personalities and egos can get in the way of, of what is right actually occurring. So I feel for the fans of San Diego, but people forget football is not a game, it's a business, at least at the NFL level. And if you don't remember that, it will smack you in the face and remind you with things like the Chargers leaving town.
0: Last thing. Now you probably endure this going through airports and in your travels all the time, but you're on the hall of fame selection committee and I'm sure people do people lobby you all of the time. Are people coming up to you saying, Hey, we need to get this guy in the hall of fame. Is that something that happens?
1: Yes, Absolutely.
0: Well, let me take my opportunity to do that on behalf of a couple of, <laughs> of guys from this uh, part sure. of the world. Cliff Branch and Otis Taylor, two guys that I think, uh, I, I think, and we hear it on, in this part of the world quite a bit. Those two guys should be in the Hall of Fame, and I think Cliff Branch will be up for, uh, I guess, senior uh, considerations at some point. Uh, what about Otis Taylor, either of those guys?
1: Look, I, I grew up in Northern California, and the first football game I ever went to or and- was the Raiders game. So I have tremendous admiration for Cliff Branch and would be fully supportive of his candidacy. Um, But as you say, he's now in the seniors category, as is Otis. And um, unfortunately, I'm not on that committee that chooses who the finalist is for the seniors. I am on the body that votes whether or not that senior gets in. But no, they're two talented players, and I think a case can be made for them. It's just so competitive. To get in, I mean, they only allow five modern era players in each year. They only allow one to two seniors in each year. Uh, They've created a new category recently for contributors, where you get one, and then they this year for the first time are going to have a coaches category. So they like the fact that it's so difficult to get in because it's it's exclusive. And it makes it that much more special when someone does get in. So, unfortunately, they're not going to be increasing the number of available slots anytime soon.
0: And uh, before we go, giving folks uh, an opportunity, how can they hear you on the podcast and where can they find the podcast and read more? And see, obviously, we know we can see you on the NFL Network, but how can folks reach out to you and sort of absorb more of your work?
1: Uh, You can find me on on Twitter as well, Jim Trotter underscore NFL. The podcast is called Huddle and Flow. It's a playoff of Hustle and Flow, obviously. And you can find that on Apple or Spotify or any of the major podcast platforms. So uh, we appreciate it, folks to listen, and, and hopefully we give them something that's food for their food for thought.
0: Well, we certainly appreciate the time. And and again, I really appreciate you taking time to hang out with us this time out. And again, we'll continue to to support you and your work. And you represent HBCU. So that right there is another reason to root hard for you and your continued
1: success. I appreciate that, bro.
0: I want to thank Jim Trotter for joining us. Certainly appreciate that conversation. Now it's time to hear a word from our sponsor. And when we come back, a we the people segment? We'll hear from Eddie Robinson from our special teams unit, and we'll have a Lamont award for the big dummy of the episode. This is sports talk, with Devin Wade podcast, anywhere you get your podcast.
2: Be it buying, selling, or investing in real estate, contact Kofi at 832 757 7950. That's 832 757 7950. Cobank Homes through Keller Williams. It's Shelly Wade, and welcome back to Sports Talk with Devin Wade.
0: welcome back and as i mentioned earlier we want to be as interactive as we can and we always want to hear from you guys one way or another maybe through poll questions or on the sports talk with devin wade page or on the sports line 832-941-6614 with that in mind let's see what you guys have on your minds time for we the people
1: Hey, what's going on, Devin? This is Pernell Harvey. I was calling regarding the Rockets and and Lakers. To be honest with you, if the Rockets win one more game, I'd be surprised. I think after game two, the Lakers have figured them out because they jumped on the 21-point lead and didn't even have Anthony Davis in there. So they definitely made some adjustments. Westbrook was terrible game two. So it would be interesting to see what happens from there. Tony is the type of coach who can make adjustments to their adjustments. But I have, I have my concerns. Honestly, I think the Lakers are going to go on ahead and, and finish it out probably in about five or six. I really don't see it going seven games because I just don't think uh, there's enough there. Anyway, take care.
4: Hey, Devin. This is Melissa, and I was calling because today is Thursday, and three of the Houston teams played today, and none of them one today, which is, of course, not good. I didn't see the the Astros game, so I'm not really sure what happened there, but in the Rockets game, it's like, did the Rockets show up? Was this a practice game? Was it a pickup game? Were we just hanging out, just chilling and killing some time? I mean, it's just... I, What happened? Where are y'all? So my question is, are they going to make significant changes for next year so the same thing doesn't continue to happen since we don't have any large big men on the team and it's all the small ball isn't working, in my humble opinion. And then on the Texans game, it seemed to start out kind of okay. And then it quickly went downhill. And the game isn't over yet, but it does not seem that they are going to be able to recover at all. I hope this is not indicative of what is to come this entire season. One of the things that they talked about with just the football game in general and the things that the NFL are doing in terms of trying to be protective of the players with the whole COVID thing, and I thought it was really neat. Well, of course, it was good that they were doing all the testing that they're doing and making sure that people are social distancing and doing the masks and so forth and so on, but the whole tracker thing that they're doing with everyone has to wear these, Whatever device is on their wrist so they know if somebody does test positive, who they've been around, how long they were around them to try to quickly isolate people and i'm I'm assuming and put them in quarantine and get them checked out and and so forth i I thought that was very very good, and I wonder if that will expand to other other sports that they would do the same thing if they're in situations where they can't be in the bubble like the NBA is in a bubble. Anyway, I wanted to mention that as well. Have a great day
0: thanks pernell and melissa for those phone calls and they seem to sum up the sentiment of the city these days it's just hey we're at a loss right now uh, where our home teams are not performing very well at least in uh, big time situations and you know she talked about the contact tracing that the nfl is doing Uh, the nba is doing the same thing it just proves that if you have money and resources you can mitigate a lot of the risk of COVID. and again what is this about our society i guess like everything else if you have the money and the resources life is better and life is healthier and life is happier so the nfl is taking full advantage of it because there are billions of dollars on the line so you you have to get it done and they're doing a good job so far so good let's shift gears let's talk to our european sports nerd (laughs) Eddie Robinson we are going to get his thoughts and his predictions on the NFL season here's E-Rob 50 because your constant conversation about Formula One I Uh-oh. have been wasting my Sunday mornings on this on this man. Look, I, I sat there and watched it. I guess I missed the part. I don't know what
3: rule oh, this, this, Hamilton the last was Last week, you talking about Monza. That was a great race. What are you talking about? For the people that we're going to catch up on Formula 1, Lewis Hamilton, British driver, won the championship six times. Probably He's, the, he's like right now, he's a Michael Jordan of Formula 1. And he happens to be a black guy. Only black guy ever to race in Formula 1. Like, no kidding. The only black guy. So... But he's just been beating everybody by like 30 seconds all year. And you, Devin Wade, have been complaining. Every time I turn it on, Hamilton's leading by like a minute. It's no fun to watch. So now Hamilton's in the back. He had a penalty. We won't get into the details. But he's not even in the top ten. He's like he's like a minute back and he's having his mad dash to try to get back to the leaders. And so you're still not entertained? Like, like what else can you want? Okay. I I, I will say say this. I I was compelled to finish watching. So that's what we wanted. And so, with the beauty of this, this is almost like the Cincinnati Bengals and the Miami Dolphins in the AFC Championship game. You had the teams that never really get a chance to compete and get on the podium. You know, because of the circumstances of the race, they were riding like one, two, three. So you had. I think it was the first time in like years that Red Bull Racing, Ferrari, and Mercedes didn't have a driver on the podium. So it was great for the little guy to finally get a chance. Man, it was just a great weekend. You know, even though my guy didn't win, I can still understand and appreciate the underdog having their day in the sun. Well, and you yeah. still complain. <laughs> Come on, you kill it. So me, man.
0: maybe it's just not in the cards for me in Formula One. So, with that in mind, NFL season gets started. I'm going to say this, and I know last night's game had no impact on your predictions moving
3: forward, right? At all. Because keep in mind, I was the one guy that even when the Chiefs were down 24 love, I was still thinking, it is no way they beat the Texans. So, I was 100% Chiefs last night. Yeah, you know, I would have took whatever the point spread was and it was no way I I mean it was it, it was really just a basic setup game for the Texans anyway. You are talking about a home opener, they still had like 25,000 fans. They they probably got their rings, they hung they they hung the banner. Everybody was excited. The emotions from last year. I mean even if the Texans were a good team, they still wouldn't have had a chance to beat the Chiefs. That was that was just one that you chalk up is, yeah, uh, you know, let's just get through this one, and we have 15 more.
0: So you played 11 years in the NFL. Did you see anything that showed the effects of not having preseason?
3: well I mean I I, I, mean, I never thought you needed it the, the big thing about the preseason games really is for the young guys to make the team I mean it's like five or six guys who get a chance to, to earn their way onto a team and for players it's a chance to get you into actual game shape so I thought if anything and I think were kind of pointed out sometime you know that the Texans having those long drives early in the season because you could think you're in game shape then when you go full speed for 10 straight plays you're like totally gassed and you're like man I ain't in game shape yet so I think that's the biggest thing but I mean overall I mean, I thought the timing was there. I mean, you know, guys I'm sure have been running routes doing a lot of seven on seven. It's just such a pass friendly game that, you know, it's it's easy to get into passing reps because passing reps and practice are real similar to those in the game, especially when you can't even hit guys anymore. So that's a whole nother story. But yeah, I I thought the guys played a pretty good game, both teams. I mean, you didn't have a, a ton of penalties, no more than usual. I would think. So we'll, we'll see what happens with, with the maybe reduced preseason. Cause now that the owners have a taste of it, they're like, Hey, man told you we didn't need preseason let's play 18 games (laughs) so we'll we'll see if that happens (laughs) so were you uh,
0: traditionally a slow starter with the season did you start pretty fast did you hit the ground running week one or did it take you a couple games in to get acclimated through the arc of your career
3: no, nah, I mean, I always stayed in really good shape. And so, I mean, I, I never had a chance kind of getting into it. So, really, the preseason, I played really good in the preseason. I always had to slow myself down so I didn't beat too early. So, I mean, I was, I was a guy that, that worked out year-round, you know, stayed in shape year-round. So, I mean, my the time training camp came, I was I was pretty much ready to play. Like, I definitely think I would have been a player who could have played without a preseason and, and not missed the beat. What about your teams, those Oilers teams, Tennessee teams? I came in, you know, 92 was my rookie year. And, and I know after after the season ended, well, we lost to Buffalo with that, that horrible playoff loss, the comeback. So Ray Childress and Sean Jones and those guys, once we came back to like January, February, me and Joe Bowden and the young guys, we working out every day in the facility. But those old guys, I didn't see them till like, probably May or June probably like May right after the draft and then again one week in June and then that training camp so I mean you yeah some guys who still has you know jobs in the offseason so I mean it's it's totally different the to NFL now uh, compared to what it was then where you know it wasn't mandatory for guys to come to the facility every day with the offseason workouts and the OTAs and, and really it really is the Denver Broncos who kind of started that year-round football stuff and so and now that's what we've kind of migrated to so I, I think guys now are pretty much in that stay in shape year round and continue to work out mantra where you know back in the 70s 80s and and yeah probably ending in the early 90s you know you had guys who may have had a summer job or whatever just because the the pay realistically you may have had a guy making eighty thousand a year and now i mean the minimum is like what five six hundred thousand a year so it's just a big difference in a short period of time
0: Well, let's get into some of your picks. You saw the Texans last night. You saw the Chiefs. Make sure you got the tape running. I'm (laughs) telling you, make sure the tape running. The tape is running. So let's start with the AFC South. Do you think the Texans are going to win that division? Uh, What are your thoughts on the AFC South?
3: I think you got to go with the Titans I mean they have the physical running game and you add a guy like Clowney and it's kind of like the old Titans the AFC Central Jeff Fisher football we're going to just beat you up with the running game make enough plays in the passing game and play great defense and so I that's been a formula that has won a lot of football games over the years and, and I think it'll be enough to win it you,
0: you think Derrick Henry can do something similar to what he, he was able to do last year
3: well, hopefully, if, if they're smart, they won't give him that many carries. And, and so you have to have, uh, you know, someone to come in. But if he if he can stay healthy down the stretch, I mean, he was this guy was just punishing people. And I, I didn't think he was going to be that good of a pro because my thing is you can't run over everybody in the NFL. You know, you got too many guys just as big, as strong as you. And so you have to be fleet of foot. But I mean, he proved me wrong last year. Now we'll see what his durability is like. And so especially if they kind of start with that mode from beginning to end. But yeah, I mean, that's a winning formula. When you can run the football 25, 30 times a game, more than likely you're going to win. I think the Texans, as long as Deshaun Watson stays healthy, they're a playoff team. I think missing Hopkins is going to be the key. I mean, Johnson looked good. I mean, he was as advertised and, and, you know, I don't think nobody's doubting that Johnson is a good running back, but it's just his durability. Can he stay healthy for the year? And, And then can Deshaun Watson stay healthy? I mean, Deshaun Watson is an MVP, you know, Super Bowl caliber quarterback, but you just have to keep the pieces around him. And I think, the plays that Hopkins made, people maybe have underestimated because he he made so many big plays and he did it so on a routine basis that you just took it for granted. But man, the guy was a was a A plus plus you know future Hall of Famer type receiver. Uh, I think they're gonna miss him. I mean, they're gonna miss that big play ability.
0: So let's go to the AFC East. What do you think the Patriots are gonna do? What do you think of that division? Is it still Belichick in the in the Patriots?
3: Well, I sure hope not. I mean, I'm I'm, I'm hoping that the Bills can make something happen. I think the Bills are an up-and-coming team. You know, they made the playoffs last year and and had a tough go in it. But I I think, you know, young quarterback, but they're a team that I think can turn the corner. I I, I have a lot of faith in Cam, but if he can – you know, manage the offense kind of like what Tom Brady did and add the running ability. I mean, it's hard to bet against Billichick, but, you know, I I just think it's time for a change with that stranglehold they've had over the AFC East. But, uh, you know, I'm going to give the nod to the Bills.
0: You you have to believe if it's tough because for, man? Come
3: on, man. It's, my <laughs>
0: it, it's tough because those teams they the second class citizens in that division. You talk about Miami, New York, and Buffalo, and, and yeah, right. Buffalo did their thing with Josh Allen, and they've added uh, Stephon Diggs. So yeah, I mean it's there for them. But you I mean if Cam is healthy and you team him with Belichick? Now again, I'm not a, a Patriots fan, but it's hard to believe it seems like that belichick does that voodoo that he do on that division year in and year out i will play, i will still roll with the patriots although i don't believe in them a whole lot because that cam doesn't have a lot of weapons around him it, it's purely going to be coaching and whatever else he's able to make happen for that offense defensively i think they'll be fine
3: okay let's go with the afc north you can't go against Lamar Jackson, man. You you talking about an MVP caliber quarterback, and, and, and now you see that it's, it's about five or six young quarterbacks who are kind of taking the torch and. And moving that game to the next level, and and all of them are fleet of foot. So you're you're kind of showing where that that guy who can throw the ball but still have some ability to run. You don't have to be at Lamar Jackson level, but everybody you, you know Dak and all those guys they can do something with their feet. Just an all around good solid football team still in and there and they're winning with defense with Ingram with the running game also and and running from the quarterback position. I'm I'm definitely with Baltimore and Lamar, but. I feel like it's an interesting division because you got a young quarterback in Joe Burrows and everything he's promising. You got Ben Roethlisberger who could, you know, he can still sling it. You know, he he doesn't need to move much. He can get the ball down the field, Juju, um, and still have some good players. And and Cleveland, I mean, they can get out of their own way. they're, They're a talented team, you know, on both sides of the football, but it's just, you know. What's the locker room going to be like? So Cleveland's like the wild card. They, I mean, they have the talent to win the they division. They should do but, with The skill positions. Yeah, but do they have the team chemistry to win the Win the division. If if it doesn't go well early, I don't think that team has the mental toughness to put it together at the end.
0: All right, let's go with the AFC
3: West. With oh, I mean, come on, Kansas City. I mean, you, you should have started. You got to start it in with Kansas City. Everybody else is trying to make a wild card spot. So, well, I mean, I obviously got a good buddy of mine went to college with. He lives in in Vallejo, out in Oakland. So I went to the Raiders game last year. It was the second-to-last game of the year. I I hadn't sat in the black hole, you know, so I wanted to go feel. Like I went to the tailgate. I had the black shirt on, man. I was in it. The fans was crazy. Man, it was a great atmosphere. But the one thing that let me – man, Carr is just – he's just like his brother. I mean, hes <laughs> he does just enough to make you think he's the guy, but then he does – more to make you think he's not the guy. But he's but he's never so bad where you want to get rid of him, but he's never so good where he can lead you to the promised land. And I don't like quarterbacks like that. Either be good or be bad. But he's like right in the middle and he teases you. He's like a pretty girl that give you her number, but then she don't answer the phone when you call. And I, I hate them type of women. So, I mean, this I think he's going to let the Raiders down because they're wrapping all of this stuff around I and mean, They have some some nice players. Jacobs, the running backs, some wire. I mean, you, you look at the team and the roster is getting better and better but i just don't think the quarterbacks i mean i'm not a fan of Carr, and not that he's not a good player but he's a game manager and if you try to put more on him than that then i think he's gonna let you down
0: let's go with the nfc south your division. Now, I mean, when I say your division, you're a New Orleans native, and you are Saints ticket, uh, Saints season ticket holder. Uh, what right. do you, I mean, that's that. that's probably the
3: most interesting division.
0: Yeah, it is. I mean, if you, if I, well, you I think a, the, the NFC West is the most interesting, and then I think the NFC South is.
3: No, I think to me the NFC South is, mo- is the most of a, a pick 'em division in anybody. I mean, Tampa was at the bottom, but now with all the additions that they have, the Saints are the Saints, do great in the regular season, came in in the playoffs. You know, I've heard that song before. I mean, the Falcons are the the classic underachieving team. And then you have Carolina, of course, where so they got Teddy B. They picked up Teddy Bridgewater and McCaffrey. I mean, he can he can do it all. So it's hard to say. I'm I'm gonna go with the Saints, but without the home field advantage, I mean they Playing Tampa with no fans. I mean, it won't even be the 20,000. So it's going to be so eerie, you know, watching that game with no fan noise and no crowd noise. And so that's a big part of what makes the Saints the Saints. So, I mean, I, I think, I, I don't know. I'll, I'll go with the Saints as a slight edge. I'm, I'm going to go with my heart, not with my head, and say the Saints. But is Tampa, I think, will be right there. I just don't know. The chemistry can... I mean, what's the over and under that that will played more than eight games? I mean, he probably won't play the whole season. Just the history has showed. I mean, I don't know. Tampa, how good can they be? They may be good. They picked up Fournette. It looks good. That kind of remind me when the Washington Redskins picked up Bruce Smith, Deion Sanders, and all these... Oh, all pros and then they couldn't win more than eight games and so and so terrible they look good on paper but i don't know if they could mesh it all together football is different you just can't throw all of those guys out there Well,
0: Fournette is not an older guy and i think that he will thrive more but again if if mike evans can stay healthy which again he has these little things with the hamstring he always has something little but you have godwin like i said the tight ends Fournette, you cannot stack the box like they did in J- against Jacksonville for Fournette. So I think Fournette I keep saying he's he may be a breakout guy. If if his head's in the right place, maybe he's humbled
3: by being released. Yep. That's a big if. I mean to to me Fournette reminds me of a guy. If he if he gets the touches early and things are going well, he'll be a great teammate. But if he's getting six touches, eight touches, and things aren't going well, then he's gonna be a butthole. And then I think that can go either way. That's a, to me, that's a fifty-fifty chance with Fournette. You know, I'm I'm wishing the best for the guy. You know, he's a New Orleans native and and I'm hoping he can have a great year and get a super big contract. But I mean, it's, it's just gonna be can he handle not being the guy right away and potentially maybe being the guy one week and getting eight touches the next week. Ego-wise, how is that going to play? Can you be humbled a little bit? So we'll see. Should be interesting. I still think the Saints can take the division, but I don't think they run away with it. I think it probably goes down to the last game or two. And and I, I can see two teams out of that division, you know, making a playoffs. One team and then also a wild card. So let's go with the NFC East. Now I, th- I think the Cowboys are going to step up. I mean, they you, you needed to have a change. Sometimes you just keep hearing those same voices as a head coach. And, uh, and I was never a big fan of Garrett, just being honest with you. I thought he's a little bit too laid back, didn't get the most out of the guys. And so, you know, now you got McCarthy, you know, you're gonna have a wide open offense. I think Dak's gonna have a big year. And and I'm trust me, I'm not a cowboy fan, but I just think as you're hearing a new voice, it's fresh, gonna is gonna resonate with the players. They play good defense. You have a good running game. I think that this is the year that the Cowboys can't get over the hump. Now, remember I said that. We're going to come back to that later <laughs> in the show. But I think the Cowboys run away with that division. I think they can beat up on the division. That's going to really help them with playoff seed.
0: Well, they always seem to play down to the competition, usually. So we'll we'll have to see. I mean, they have uh, the the easiest path. Uh, Yeah, exactly. uh, Although Philadelphia, you know, Philadelphia will give them the blues. Let's go to the NFC West. That is, that's a fun division because you got Kyler Murray, you got Russell Wilson, you got Garoppolo, you have uh, Jerry Goff. I mean, this, I mean, this is, I mean, the Rams a couple years removed from the Super Bowl, Seattle is Seattle, and they add Jamal Adams. What do you think is going to happen? I mean, is Garoppolo, will they be able to do it again?
3: Yeah, then I remember a couple years ago when the when the Saints played the West, and I was like, oh man, yeah, we get to run up run up run up against the West. The West is horrible. They Seattle's kind of okay. Everybody else is just terrible. But man, I mean, over the last three years, that has got to be the most improved division. Like you can really you can make an argument for every team actually winning that division. And so I kind of have to go with the Seahawks just because I mean Russell Wilson gives them a slight edge. I think San Francisco, they kind of over overshot themselves last year. I mean, they won so many close games. You don't just keep winning that many close games. And so their coach until he steps up, Shan a little young Shanahan right now, to me, it's like he can't coach the big game. Nobody wants to say it, but then the guy has blew two Super Bowls. Well, I mean, so, you
0: lose to um, Pat Mahomes. I mean, come on. Man, the guy and blew Andy Reid. I
3: don't care how you want to put it. Call it what it was. When he was in Atlanta, they should have ran the damn football. They would have won the well, Super Bowl. I when he was in San Francisco, they'd have ran the damn football. They would have won the Super Bowl. So he lost two Super Bowls, bottom line. He had a great first half, but he couldn't finish. So I think that's going to carry over. I think they're still going to have a, a hangover from that and and when you win at that level and everybody's gunning for you, I just I don't see San Francisco winning that many close games and they haven't separated themselves based on their additions and the other team's additions from Seattle, you know, from the Rams who you I think are about maybe, you know, I, the, the Rams are like, I don't know what they're going to do. They may be good, they may not. That's the one team that that you don't really want to play like, every week. They
0: but, paid their defense, though. You Aaron Donald, not Jalen Ramsey, They those guys on defense got paid. <laughs> so right, and you're talking about – and that. That,
3: and that kind of reminds me of the, the offensive guru coach who's going to win with a defense. You know what I'm saying? So we'll the, the biggest thing about him is can the head coach, who's an offensive guy who wants to coach score points, can he realize that I don't have to have the number one offense. I just have to score one more point than the other teams. So they may have to win some games you know, 17 to 14, or 14 to 10, because they have such a good defense, they're going to have to rely on the defense more. And we'll see if the coach can humble himself offensively to let that defense carry. Because I think they have a defense that that can can carry them. And I think with Arizona, with with, with Murray at quarterback, I mean, he's he's like a little Doug Flutie reincarnated. I mean, you just I mean, he gives you a chance to win whether you're up or you're down, and you you just never know what you're gonna get with them. Offense looks pretty good, defense coming around, but I, I still have to go with Seattle. I, I think they have enough experience and I think you know and and this pick is mainly based on Russell Wilson. I think he's an experienced guy in the clutch. He's gonna make that one big player, make that one right decision to get them over the hump to win the division. But it's going to be a mess because I don't think any team can run away with it. Everybody's going to take some bumps inside the division.
0: Finally, the NFC North. How do you see that, the
3: the uh, NFC North? Detroit is an X factor on any given Sunday, but not enough to make the playoffs. Chicago... I mean, Trubinsky, that's gonna be luckily the fans won't be in the stands because <laughs> I, I mean, he's he's a step below Carr. I mean, he doesn't even tease me and make me think he's gonna be great, you know. So needless to say, I, I think the I think the Vikings win that division just because they have a good solid running game, uh, with Cook and then they have a uh you know, good solid defense and well coached and so and like you said, Green Bay has done nothing. I mean, Green Bay had the cupcake schedule last year. They were really a paper champ when they made the uh, made the playoffs and had that number two seed. He took it away from the Saints. But uh, I I just don't see Green Bay, you know, stepping up to win a division. I'm I'm gonna go with the Vikings. But to me, that's the that's the division where I don't see anybody that's doing anything great in that division. So you just have to go with the Vikings. And I don't I don't see them doing much in the playoffs anyway. All right, here we go. Super Bowl matchup. Super Bowl matchup. Of course, the AFC West, you got to go with the Kansas City Chiefs. I think Ray Charles can pick the Chiefs. But as much as I hate to say it, the Super Bowl contender coming out of the NFC will be America's team. You're Dallas Cowboys. You heard it here first. I know you hate it. I hate to say it, too. It's hurting. And I'm almost hoping. Because right now, I'm like in a no lose situation. If the Cowboys go, I'm sounding like a genius. If the Saints go, I'm happy as hell. So, I mean, I can't lose either like, way. Like, those are your two choices. <laughs> so, so, you just, so I'm going. But I'm with a, let me, so, let me tell you why I'm picking the Cowboys. Because I think they, they're they going to get in home field at some point. We're all hoping that the COVID thing isn't what it is. And I think that by the time January comes, hopefully there'll be fans in the stands, at least a third or something like that. And home field does really matter in football. I think that the Cowboys have the easier road to get there because they're in the easiest division, and they're going to win the championship. I mean, they're going to win their division. They're going to run through the East. They're going to get the bye. They're going to get all of those advantages where the teams in the NFC West and in the NFC South are going to beat up on each other. One is going to win the division, of course, but that second team that gets to buy is just going to be it's just gonna be bloody murder with everybody else, and it's just letting the Cowboys, you're just gifting them the NFC because they'll only have to win two games in Cowboys Stadium. They'll play against the Chiefs, the Cowboys versus the Chiefs. You heard it here first.
0: All right, well, I'm going with the Kansas City Chiefs. And I know that Baltimore may make a run, and, and it, there's always some team that will come, and it may be Tennessee again, uh, that will make some waves. Maybe the Colts is a dark horse. I'm not going that That's far. That's real dark. Well, I, look, <laughs> uh, if, if, if Phillip Rivers didn't turn over the ball late in those games, or or for the most part throughout the games, that team – was good enough, and that's a really good team. That's a quality team, the Chargers. And if if he can cut down on those and just resurrect his his old self again, you have Marlon Mack, you have Ty. I'm not picking him. I, I don't. I'm not wasting some time well, talking well, about and the,
3: the thing. The thing about the coaches is for them to go to the Super Bowl, they'll have to go on the road either to Kansas City yeah, yeah, or yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So so man, they, I, they're I'm not gonna guessing, no, get no, home no, field. I, I was to citing... Baltimore. So there's, there's no way that they're going to go on the uh, road with Phillip Rivers yeah, to either yeah. one of those cities and
0: win. I get it. it, but I just brought them up as an example. sounded good. Yeah, yeah, okay. The way it didn't even really sound good, I just brought them up as a hypothetical. But like, like Tennessee, nobody thought Tennessee Titans were going to end up in the AFC Championship game last year. Nobody picked that. So, what? you know, somebody will come back. And maybe, again, Tennessee running the ball late in the year, maybe they'll be the team to get it up. But I'm saying it will be the Kansas City Chiefs and the Seattle Seahawks, I don't think necessarily the Seahawks will have home field throughout. They'll be so battle-tested coming through that division. And I just think, hey, man, a veteran guy in Russell Wilson who was really – he was in contention for the MVP award last year anyway, uh, despite the fact that Lamar was just – I mean, he was just a cut above. He was just phenomenal. I think Russell Wilson was was more valuable to his team than – Lamar Jackson was to his team. Yeah, well,
3: well, Russell Wilson was more effective, but Lamar was more exciting. You know, like, yeah, you, of course. If you if you had to buy a ticket, you would have bought a ticket to see Lamar, and maybe you would have you know tried to sneak in to see Russell Wilson. <laughs> so, I mean? and, and with that,
0: do in uh, COVID, will that? How much will that impact the season? So far, so good for the NFL.
3: You had one game. Come on, man. What well, so far, but I'm so saying good? with the five thousand tests. Yeah, <laughs> talk to me around Halloween at least.
0: <laughs> but I'm just saying five thousand tests only. What three positives or four positives out of five? only three that
3: they reported. Keep in mind, it's a HIPAA thing. They don't have to report anything on these guys. Well, so they, they're
0: going to have to report when people start gambling. All that's fine until you got to <laughs> disclose some stuff for you know for betting purposes.
3: Because God
0: forbid, guys. They bet on a team, and they get all this money, and you find out half the team's not there because of COVID. That'll really set the NFL back in a different way. So... What do you think, COVID will affect or won't?
3: Well, that's a tough one. I would have to think it's going to affect the league in some type of way. I don't know how much or whether it's going to be a big player. Will it be, you know, Lamar Jackson or will it just be a third-string tight end? But it's impossible to think that the players going home to their families who are maybe have friends coming in town and et cetera, et cetera, all of the things that go on with NFL football season – and, and these guys aren't in a bubble in the confined area like they maybe were in training camp a little bit. So it's impossible to think that if this virus is spreading with the level that is spreading and the, and the amount of contagious factor that some guys in the NFL would not get COVID. The big thing about being in the NFL locker room is that you are with guys seven days a week for six months straight every day you've seen the same guys. And so you can disinfect the weight room and have different times here and there, but you're all on the same practice field. I mean, you can, I mean, you can do things like stagger the times or eat, you know, in, in groups and stuff. I understand all the different, protocols you can do but in the end of the day I mean you're with guys every day of the week for six months straight there's no off days and so it's impossible for me to think that at some point it won't affect the team in in some type of way And, and I'm hoping it won't I think the colleges have a better chance because Everything in college is online learning, so those guys really aren't going to class. Oh, they're all they're saying they, the
0: numbers going. They, we just saw. I think uh, no, no. I'm the, talking. I'm talking about from the football teams. I'm not talking. Well, no. About on you campus. just saw it was just another game tonight that was supposed to be postponed. I don't. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know.
3: I think. Well, put it. Well, my my thing is this. The reason I say that with the colleges because they can actually. You know, those guys are 18, 19, and twenty. I can have a curfew and make you stay inside and do this, do that. NFL, you're a grown man. You know, once you leave the stadium, I can tell you, hey, man, go home to your wife and kids. And I hope your wife and kids ain't go to Walmart and get COVID and bring home to you. But at the same time, you're a grown man. I can't tell you what to do. You know what I'm saying? And it's not like like the NBA, they have the bubble head. If you leave, somebody come, you, you know, like they kicked house out the bubble. <laughs> you know, I thought that was funny. And so, I don't know. I mean, we, we're hoping, but... It's almost impossible to you. You can't. You have to bet that the COVID is going to affect the NFL in some type of way. We're just hoping that it's not drastic to where they have to start canceling a week or two of the season or whatever protocol they have in place. I'm sure they have something in place. I know they're just not going on. Well, we hope it don't affect us. I'm sure they have a plan. Well, if it affects more than half the teams or more than if one team has more than ten players, then what do we do? You know. So I think to me, the teams who have multiple players, especially. In key positions like quarterback, like the Saints. I mean, we have three guys who who can be potential starters with Taysom Hill and and also you go, um, Taysom Hill again. <laughs> yeah, I love Taysom Hill. Come on, man. But 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 my point is, I think that at some point. I think that there's gonna be COVID injuries, and then so that at at that at that point, all of these picks and all that stuff may mean nothing. It's just it could be a war. But Trish, this is gonna be a very interesting year, and so that's why I need to make sure you have this archive, so when I'm sounding like a genius you know, around the end of the year and we're going from 2020 to 2021, then we'll just play this back and I'll just say, man, I should have went to Vegas and put some money on, on them Cowboys.
0: Yeah, that was horrible. Well, with that, how can folks reach you on social media?
3: Rob 50 at Rob 50 on Instagram and Twitter. How about to them the- Cowboys? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you shocked the world with that one.
0: Thanks, Ed. We certainly appreciate it. But the Dallas Cowboys, really? Look who's trying to get the Lamont Award now. With that, it's time for the Lamont Award.
3: I don't want to wish you no bad luck, but I hope your ship sinks. With no lifeboats and no life preservers and a
0: school of piranhas surrounding you, you big dummy. Lamont Award goes to the player team entity, someone in or around the world of sports that we deem to be the big dummy of the episode. And this time out, some of these... Can be fun to give away, but this one isn't so much, and it hits close to home. Now, Daniel House is a native Houstonian. He's a guy who struggled and and got on his grind and made his dream come true and became a part of the Houston Rockets. Played well in the bubble, became a six man. I mean, just the fairy tale Houstonian story. I mean, he's a it's H times doing it for the H. You know, so it's a big big deal. Yet he goes to the bubble is investigated by the nba and subsequently asked to leave he got kicked out of the bubble because uh, he had an unauthorized visitor to his room Turns out that, and then this is them. This is the NBA saying this. This is not Devin Wade saying that he essentially uh, had a visitor in his room and she was there for a few hours. And it turns out, I guess, and this is the the tough part. So she ends up being a a COVID tester. So she was authorized. She had to be tested to get within proximity of the players. She got tested, and, I mean, I'm sure she was COVID-free, But yet she was not authorized to go in the room for a couple of hours. So, not only if you're Daniel House, man, this fairy tale story is coming down because you let your team down. You have an opportunity. You're playing against the Lakers. The whole world is watching you guys play. This was your dream. This was your dream. And this is the time your team needs you most during the playoffs. Not only do you let those guys down, get kicked out of the bubble, maybe perhaps jeopardize your standing with your team going into next year and your future in the NBA. Because, again, if you can't help me when I need you most – I have to ask myself some tough questions about, is this the kind of guy we want to stick with? Because, and again, he's young, you know, man, men, I mean, I can relate. I can relate. But not only did you let your team down, you let yourself down, may have ended your career. You're also married, and that's how your wife found out. And I'm not commenting on that, but it just, man, it's just a bad, bad, bad situation she posted something on her instagram saying that you reap what you sow and i don't know what he's about to sow but he has three kids and a wife and that part is not fun at all but to throw it all away in the bubble during playoff time playoffs not not the first eight games during the playoffs and really you only a couple games away from elimination so you're about to go home anyway for that reason, unfortunately, Daniel House, I'm, I was rooting for you. We were all rooting for you, but you are a big dummy. You big dummy. <laughs> <laughs> With that, before I let go. Before I let go. Before I let go, I want to thank Jim Trotter I want to thank Shelly Wade for making that happen I want to thank our resident DJ, DJ Anarchy Of course, Kobang Holmes Kalina with the Why we kneel I want to thank E-Rob 50 And of course, I want to thank All the folks, Melissa Purnell That uh, called, I want to thank all of you guys Who listen and partake And participate uh, Continue to call 832-941-6614 In addition to that, you can tweet me At Wade's Word, uh, go to Wade productions.com or on facebook all of those ways but finally i want you to remember these four things number one i don't do
3: no favors after six o'clock in the evening two i ain't got no money three i'm not harboring any fugitives from justice and <laughs> four bye
0: <laughs> this has been the sports Talk with devin wade podcast remember you can follow him on twitter at wade's Word. thank you for listening